Respect that. That's corruption. I could make a fake snake. You not pee in the pool. You 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 you, you not pee on the barbie. All of myself is clean. <laughs> Broadcasting from the ninth circle of hell. Take it away, Markbot five thousand. Welcome to the Hard Mark Podcast, a show where Eric Donaldson, wrestling fan of over 30 years, introduces one that's per show to his buddy who has never watched wrestling. They talk about the backstory, they watch the match, and then they rank that match on their ever-growing list. And let's bring out the star of the show, Juan Ron Murphy. Would you agree that I was a good little robot boy during that introduction, Daddy Ryan? I mean, I would say that he was a good little robot boy. What would you say to that, Ryan? You don't want me to chime in here. No, I did. I, what, he was a good. He, there was no. There was nothing like. I know sometimes there's been an antagonistic relationship between you and Markbot Five Thousand. You was, just said something antagonistic, like. What do you mean? He just did. No, he didn't. What did he say? He did. He's he's been the biggest dick to me in my life in the last fucking one year. But we'd agree that 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 intro was normal. He called. All he did was call is you. The, is the intro over? Well, I mean, maybe it is. I don't know where this is going. Yeah, I feel like he had more to say. Like, you know, I feel like he's going to be more of a dick. I think he just wants you to do agree. So, so can we agree and move forward with his bit? <laughs> I don't know. What does he have on me? Is that my thoughts or my internet history? Like, okay. <laughs> call back. All right. Well, we'll get. We're going to say, you know what, Markbot Ryan agrees. You you were a very well mannered little robot during during that intro. So let's let's see where this goes from here. I didn't make any jokes about your little pee butt or fart mouth or stinky poop wiener, right, Daddy Ryan? I mean, that's right. He did. He didn't make any jokes about any of those things. No, no, yeah, and and, and I don't think he ever would. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's not that's not in in Markbot Five Thousand character. No, we can all agree with that. Okay, all right. So yeah, I'm in agreement so far. Sounds reasonable to me. And I didn't shoot anybody today because I was a good little boy. Do you think I could show off some of my hip-hop skills? I've been practicing a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about that request, Ryan? I love hip-hop, dude. I mean, you, you are, you've been a very early adopter of, of hip-hop hip, hip -hop, hip -hop, uh, throughout this whole time. I mean, I, I remember you talking about listening to some local indie hip-hop while visiting your grandparents' house and all sorts of stuff. So, Who was it, Eric? Who did I, who did I listen to? I don't, it's some Seattle group I've never heard of before. Well, that's, I mean, do you even listen to me? <laughs> Speaking of a deep cut, that's a real deep cut. But okay, sounds like we're in agreement. So yeah, absolutely. Mark by 5,000, fucking, fucking do it, dog. Please, 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 please daddy, daddy Ryan. Ryan. Well, R Ryan, can you, can you just chime in on this and just say that Mark? What, what did he ask? Uh, can, can, can Mark bot hit you with some, some, Hip hop. I'd love Markbot to hit me with some fucking rhymes. Okay. Yes. I see. I think that's that's the confirmation that we're waiting yeah. for here. So let's let's take it from there. Thank you. You're the best daddy of all time, Daddy Ryan. Okay. <laughs> Let me put on my boo boo tracksuit and my gold chance, and I'll be ready to spit some fire. Yo, bitch. This is MC Barbecue Sauce, and I'm gonna pour one out for my homies. Hey, Daddy Ryan, give me a beat. Uh, I think Markbot wants a beat. Oh, fucking fuck with me, Eric. <laughs> Mark, Markbot's asking you for a beat pretty clearly. Should I put one on the uh, on the channel? Should I put a YouTube beat on here? No, no, just do one with your mouth. Just like a Bismarck key type of thing situation. <laughs> oh, hell, that beat sucks. <laughs> Fine, I'll just go freestyle. You heard me. I ain't ever lost, always win at any cost, never sleeping, always grinding, so we all know I've been a boss. Oh, give it to me! Mm, baby, gonna fill you up with my barbecue sauce. Gonna lick that hot, dripping sauce off my fingers. Do you like that, baby? Oh, ha, ha, ha. well, I guess I shot somebody today after all. 
For more erotic slow jams, check out my band cam page, MC Barbecue Sauce, where you can also find merch like t-shirts, face masks, and pleasure sticks for him and her. Peace out. There you, there you have it. Markbot branching dope. into the realm of hip-hop. Usually I listen to Little Blue Scholars when I come from Seattle, but I think I might just put that on next time. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you'd be you'd be well served in doing so. But welcome, everybody, <laughs> after maybe the longest intro we've ever had. It's, it's episode 69 of the Hardmark podcast of our proper numbered WrestleTalk episodes. It's here. We've made it. Episode 69, Ryan. Yes. Yes, we have made this it. This is where you uh, say nice. Yeah, we, we discussed, I think, episode 69. Yeah, a lot of buildup. What it meant. <laughs> what it meant to the Markomaniacs, to, to Ryan himself. But to Tim. <laughs> after our last Russell talk from, from before, episode 68, Ryan was a little boo-boo faced when I made the executive decision to re-rank a match that had no business being classified as great, good, or even okay. But I hope that today's match is going to be the olive branch that mends our wounded relationship. And of course, we're going to cover this later when we wrestle with the data, but Ryan is on a five-match winning streak. One more victory, and he would tie his highest win streak of all time. So I'm not saying that to put any pressure on anybody, but the stakes today are high. Any thoughts, sir? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. I don't, I don't want people to read them. Like, you know. <laughs> Uh, we'll move on then. So as far as our match that we're going to be watching, let's go through a little history lesson first. So we've talked at length about Mick Foley, a.k.a. Cactus Jack, a.k.a. Mankind, a.k.a. Dude Love. We've covered pretty extensively his career so far from his time in WCW to winning the King of the Deathmatch tournament in Japan and even his childhood experiences that led to the creation of the Dude Love persona. But one thing that we have not talked about is his feud with The Undertaker. When Foley debuted in the WWF in 1996, he did so as Mankind. And when he arrived in the company, Mankind's first major feud was with The Undertaker. That feud is arguably one of the most important in both men's careers for a number of reasons. For Foley, it legitimized him as a top performer immediately. We've talked about how Vince McMahon's reluctance to bring Mick into the company kind of led to some some tension backstage, but with The Undertaker vouching for Foley's abilities, it put the Mankind character on the map and solidified his role within the company. Now, for The Undertaker, this feud with Mankind helped to evolve his character past the one-note undead zombie that he had portrayed for the past several years. Generally speaking, The Undertaker had been matched up against the, quote, monster of the month for years. Uh, any sort of big lumbering giant that they could find, they would throw in with The Undertaker, who would then inevitably conquer them with help from his manager, Paul Bearer, rinse, and repeat. But Mankind was less of a physical threat and more of a psychological one. While The Undertaker was presented as someone who was unable to feel pain, Mankind was presented as enjoying pain. So no matter what The Undertaker did, he could never keep Mankind down for long. And so... Upon Mankind's debut in the WWF, their feud would rage over the course of months. During this rivalry, Mankind would steal away The Undertaker's manager, Paul Bearer. He also buried The Undertaker alive in a gravesite in the middle of the arena, and the two would trade victories back and forth between one another. So in the years following this feud, which again, that took place in 1996, all the items that I just described, periodically... The two would circle back to one another, like planets orbiting the sun, destined to continually go to war with each other. But in early 1998, some, some substantial changes had taken place to both men. If you can recall the Hell in a Cell match that we saw for episode 60, The Undertaker's burned-up baby brother Kane had arrived on the scene and was causing all sorts of mischief for The Undertaker and the WWF as a whole. And as a quick overview, K 
Kane had set fire to their mother's casket. So again, Undertaker and Kane have the same mother. Uh, Kane set fire to their mother's casket. It was also revealed that Paul Bearer, the treacherous former manager of the Undertaker, had slept with the Undertaker's mother decades prior, creating the demon spawn Kane from their torrid affair. Meanwhile, Foley is his dude love persona. He had stepped up to be the first challenger to Stone Cold Steve Austin's WWF Championship after the latter's victory at WrestleMania with Mike Tyson ringside, which was another match that we saw. Surprisingly, Dude Love aligned himself with Mr. McMahon, and he became Corporate Dude, retiring the tie-dye and adorning himself with a suit, a tie, and a neat ponytail to become Vince McMahon's vision of what a true corporate-friendly champion would look like. Unfortunately for Dude, Austin was victorious, and McMahon cast Foley aside in favor of new challengers to take Austin on. Despondent and alone after McMahon had turned his back on him, Foley abandoned the dude love persona altogether, and he retreated into the safety of being mankind once again, but now wearing a white-collared shirt as part of his ring gear as a reminder of his corporate-friendly past. After mankind interfered and cost The Undertaker a number one contender match against his brother Kane, The Undertaker once again set his sights on his old enemy Mankind to settle the score. But after these two men had already battled in boiler rooms, grave sites, and the city of New York, where else can you go? How else can you escalate this rivalry? Well, apparently... The gates to hell run right through Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So we're going to walk in, we're going to shut the door, we're going to lock it, and we're going to enjoy ourselves some hell in a cell here today. Any thoughts so far? I've got a little bit left, but any thoughts at this point? Have we seen a Pittsburgh match? <laughs> the one fucking question I wasn't prepared for. Do you really care? Are you really curious? I mean, I'm, just, I, I'm mildly curious. You can, we can roll on. I'm just... I can find out in like a second. That's fine. Yeah. No, <laughs> we have not. So good, good question there. So yes, this is going to be our first venturing into Pittsburgh. Any thoughts on the city of Pittsburgh, Ryan? Yeah, I think Pittsburgh's a weird fucking place, man. Like, <laughs> what? what? What's weird about Pittsburgh? I think Pittsburgh is a very odd place it's in the middle of fucking Philadelphia, New York, fucking Pennsylvania. Like, it's just a fucking weird spot. Like, they like steal and shit. Like, you know, like. <laughs> Okay, I can see we're not going to get a whole lot of information out of you about your weird fascination with the city of Pittsburgh. But uh, as a reminder, so Hell in a Cell, Ryan, we have seen the only one of those matches, one of these Hell in a Cell matches that had ever happened previous to this one, which also featured The Undertaker as he took on Shawn Michaels. Now, the Hell in a Cell is a reminder... It's different than a standard cage in that the cell has a roof. So in theory, there is no escape. Once you're locked in, you can't get in or out. So notably in that match, Ryan chose The Undertaker to win that first Hell in a Cell. And when The Undertaker's brother Kane emerged, Kane broke into the cage and threw those plans, as well as Ryan's win-loss record, into chaos. Also worth mentioning, not that it's directly related to the storyline of our match here today, but The Undertaker is going into this match with a fractured ankle. Again, this is not known at the time by the audience, but it's been revealed in the years since. So it's more just something to keep in mind as we watch this thing. We're more light than you guys think. <laughs> you, I know, I've always known that you and Undertaker have a kinship of, uh, of some, some degree. Yeah. So the proof's in the pudding right there. And so that is our match we're going to be watching here today. The Undertaker, he's a good guy with a lot of family drama afoot. Mankind, he's the troubled bad guy. There's a ton of history between these two, and we're going to see what develops here inside Hell in a Cell. A little bit of data, and then we'll watch the match. So Ryan's record, as we've kind of alluded to already, he's on a five-match winning streak. His current record is 41-33-1. and 33 and one. Uh, I actually... I added some more data points, I believe, since our last, uh, within the last couple of episodes or so. Uh, it matches involving Mick Foley. So any of his personas, whether it be Cactus Jack, Mankind, whatever, uh, you are three and two. So you are have a winning record when it comes to matches involving Mick Foley. As with most matches, I would say. 
have a winning record. Uh, that's one way to look at it, and which is also makes this next little factoid that much more interesting. Any guesses what your record is in matches involving The Undertaker? Six and four. Good guess. Zero and five. <laughs> so, so Ryan's streak is is alive and well when it comes to Undertaker matches. And so I thought that was so fascinating that you had such a poor record in Undertaker matches. And so I thought I took it upon myself to delve a little bit deeper. I mean you took it on yourself as soon as I'm on a five five game win streak, you know, like I just thought, well what are the odds? So like the Undertaker's a big deal. Like the Undertaker is yeah. arguably one of those people that you might have even heard of before we started this podcast. Yeah. And so the idea that we would have watched that many matches with him and you've lost all of them, I found to be intriguing because I had no idea about that until now. And so to kind of like, again, picket the human scab, Ryan Murphy, a little bit further of those of those five matches, three of them have been one on one matches. So so two of the, of the five were just kind of like big multi-man clusters. You, can, you basically toss those out. Yeah, so exactly. You know? They don't count. Well, they count, but for the purposes of what we're discussing here, <laughs> we'll throw them out. But so again, three one-on-one matches with with the Undertaker that we've seen. In all three of those, you have picked him to win, and he has lost. Oh, what a bitch! <laughs> so again, I'm not trying to sway your judgment in any way. This is this is just the factual data as as it is leading up to this match. Any questions? No. <laughs> All right. Well, then we are going to watch Mankind versus The Undertaker, Hell in a Cell. I will play you some audio of the match. We'll come back with our thoughts on that very encounter. Thank you very much, everybody. We have only seen one Hell in a Cell matchup in WWF history, and it was the most unbelievable match that I think I've ever witnessed, JR. It is a perverse, vile, diabolical structure satanic hellish it it is custom built for injury he was born Mick Foley on Long Island New York his manifestations as dude love and cactus jack are infamous but none are more deranged than mankind just do that chair on top of the cage what is he doing Mankind is climbing the Wait, cage. He's supposed to start out inside the cage, didn't he? And yeah, the Undertaker's not even been introduced. Who knows what he's thinking? God only knows. Of all the things he's lost, I think he misses his mind the most. Uh-oh, here we go. On this warm summer's night in the igloo, there is a chill in the air that signifies the arrival of the one and only, the phenom of the World Wrestling Federation. I'm going to come up and whip your butt. Oh, my God. Undertaker fighting back. He's fighting back. They're right above us, folks. And I don't like it a damn bit. Oh, my God. Absolutely amazing. 
a headbutt by The Undertaker and a right hand. Now, if, there's a, if he throws him up on the other side, there's... Still standing up. I don't have a damn clue. There's shoes, there's chairs, there's caps, there's a cage hanging, and there's a human being in there that is unbelievably indestructible. Oh, we man. said this one was not going to be for the weak at heart. It is not. What's he got now? Uh oh. He went under the ring and got something. I. What is it? A sack. Some sort of bag or something. He got in that. Oh God. Just watched Mankind versus The Undertaker, Hell in a Cell, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Ryan, what did you think of that match? I liked it, man. Like, <laughs> it, was it was an impressive match. Like, I would fucking hope so. Like, like there's yeah. there's very few times where I would commit to being like, Ryan's yeah. going to feel a certain way about a match. But, like, if I showed you this match and you came away from it thinking anything yeah. less than what you just said this show would be over because I don't know how else to please you. The, I mean, it had every, I think everything that I even complained about in a match before, like it did the opposite of that. Like they're very, they were very quick um, to get this match, like started with a big fucking move. And then from there, it just got like even more insane. Even that big move wasn't it. Like it got more insane. Like, yes. and then even after the second big move, it got more insane. Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, usually you're lucky to get the one the one big yeah. move. Yeah. In this, you got it arguably like at least three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking just insane. Like if one of those three things had happened in any other match, you'd come away thinking like, "Holy shit!" But we got three. Right. right. Just insane. Fuck. And like to kind of address some of your other common complaints that you've had in other matches, like the commentary in this match is fucking fantastic. I. Okay, it may have been. I was a little, like, overwhelmed by the match itself to even, like, address the... Usually, the commentary is a big thing to me, but, like, I didn't even really pay attention to it. Like, I, I, I what I thought is, like, the fact that what they were saying was actually kind of accurate. Like, they were like, oh, this is fucking nuts. And it really was nuts. Instead of just being like, oh, this is nuts. And, like, it was, like, mild, you know, like... The reality of the situation and, like, Mick right. Foley really putting himself into, like, mortal peril... Yeah. definitely comes through in the like yeah. you can tell yeah. there's points in the commentary where they're just like holy fucking shit S yeah. stop this right now like he might be dead we need help immediately i was even like shit like maybe they should stop the fucking match like you know yes. like yes for sure i was borderline concerned at certain points you know like it's i mean i think in the in the annals of wrestling history there have probably been, like, death matches since this match that have happened that have been, like, far more brutal and violent and, like, put people's lives in danger. But as far as, like, on a mainstream scale, this has to be the most dangerous match of all time. Yeah, it looked, like, absolutely insane from just, like, an outsider's perspective. Like, it looks... Yes. Luckily, I mean, for, for whether it be for better or for worse, no one has really ever attempted to try and top this match. Uh, I mean, and Mick Foley, like, for as non-athletic as he is physically, his body was almost created to do shit like this and come out of it safely on the other end. But this is what I'm, like, set, like, that, like... 
to have the balls to fucking do that kind of shit. Like, this is like, this is a match. If I were to show like any match, maybe I'm missing a couple if I go back. But like, I, I think like if I were to show someone a match and they're like, oh, like wrestling is just like some like fucking like shit, like, you know, like theatrical, like whatever. Like, this is the match I'd be like, look at what just fucking happened. Like, you know, yes. that is not, you can't fake that shit. Like, you know, right. For sure. Like, I mean, this is, this is, this is some shit that you saw. Like, and he, he sold it to the fucking absolute Mac and then he took it again and again and again. Yes. You know, like, and there's no practicing. You don't practice shit like this. Right. This is yeah, too like, dangerous to run through yeah. as a rehearsal. You just have to fucking get out there have 15,000 people give you the adrenaline to just fucking do it. Was that like 15,000 people? Was that a big I, stadium? I, I don't know what stadium that was in. Uh, they said it was the Igloo in, in Pittsburgh. Oh, the Igloo, that. Which is a hockey stadium? It probably holds more than 15,000. I'm just. That'd be like 35, 40. I'm just, I'm basking. I'm basking here, Ryan. I don't know why I have to take me to task. I'm sure I'm like a couple thousand. Okay, capacity they listed as 17,100. Really? For a, well, for, for wrestling, though, they could pack more people on the floor. So it's probably... Maybe it is. Maybe it is, like, less. I, 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 fucking Ryan, just, just you know, taking me to task over facts. It's no, it's no, it's no Seiko Field. <laughs> 54,097. But uh, let's let's get into the notes. We'll talk about some of the backstory. I, I sort of tried to pepper in stuff as I could, but, I mean, there's obviously a lot going on on the screen. I will say, Ryan, generally speaking, very attentive he he he's doing the science as it's meant to be done in 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 all cases i will say for this match there was no temptation to put like pick up the phone and start looking over at stuff like the, like his eyes from the moment that mankind climbed the cell the eyes were more or less glued on on this match so if that doesn't tell you anything i don't know what will but uh again commentary and i'll probably pepper in some of these commentary bits as we go through the notes but they start by when the cell is lowering down before anyone's entered jim ross describes the cell as a perverse vile diabolical structure which again setting the stage of just how violent these matches can be but but a hell in a cell match like we i've seen a couple of these right now at least like this is only the second hell in a cell that's ever happened to this point in 1998 and you saw the first one. So, so, it, so chronologically, like, you've seen them all so far. <laughs> Which is what I meant. Sure. <laughs> no, but, like, it, it seemed to have the same set. Like, initially, I was like, okay, like, I've seen this shit before. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You drop the cell, like, you know, they lock up the fucking, like, side. You know, you can't get in, like. I mean, and largely because of the first match with Sean and Undertaker, and then the second match between Mankind and The Undertaker, the Cell had a reputation for being the most violent match in the company. Like, if you need to settle a fucking blood feud, you are going to do it inside of a Hell in a Cell. It it was another, like, because physically the makeup of the cell is not altogether different from like your standard cage match, but just something about the roof and having the, the area, the space around the ring where you could kind of like brawl around a little bit like these matches kind of drove up the, the kind of expectation of what a a hell in a cell match would, uh, would be. But we've got mankind entering first. Uh, You complimented his bringing out of the steel chair at the start, which was a nice touch. Mankind starts checking the outside of the cell. He walks in briefly and then exits, throws his steel chair on top of the cage, and then he climbs the cage and starts the match uh, uh, on top of it, which uh, we talked about this a little bit during. But basically, the the idea behind that, uh, Mick, Mankind, was basically like that Shawn Michaels Undertaker match was a fucking classic match. I'm never, I'm not the type of athlete of a Shawn Michaels. I'm never going to be able to do the thing. Sh- I mean, he's a different type of athlete. Barrick, a great athlete. I thank thank say, you. Like, you're one of the greatest. Uh, I'm no, I, you know, a wrestling podcast. I'm no Shawn Michaels when it comes to Stein holding, but, you know, I do my best. But, <laughs> well, uh, you also know Ryan Murphy when it comes to Stein holding either. That's true. I, I've, I've got you to fill in those gaps. You but, might not even be a Colton. 
when it comes to sign holding, or or maybe even not even a Heather when it comes to sign holding. All right, pal, let's let's keep it on track here. But Mick knew that he was not going to be able to deliver the type of athleticism that Sean did, so he's like, "Well, how do we get people interested? How do we not like basically stink up the joint because people's expectations are going to be so high? How do we make this good?" And then Terry Funk, who he was talking to about this match, Terry was like. Well, you could start on top of the cell as a joke. And Mick was like, I could start on top of the cell. And that's exactly what happened. So he climbs, Undertaker hits, a lot of pyro as Undertaker emerges. Uh, he disrobes Walt, which another, there was so many fucking great camera shots. First, the and I commented on this while we were listening to it, there's a shot from inside of the cell through the cell at the Undertaker approaching it, like through one of the uh, the grates and the the fencing. Chain link the, fe- like, the chain the, link the, fence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, through one of the chain links. Yeah. The the shot through the chain link. Yeah, yeah. There was also a shot from behind the Undertaker where you can see mankind holding the chair like standing waiting for him while all this blue light is enveloping the yeah, arena. Yeah. So many fucking great shots. Um, Undertaker climbs the cage. Mankind cuts him off, tries to prevent him from getting up there, but Taker fires back again with a fractured ankle, which, uh, you know, kinship. I'm surprised that didn't, you know, get you to pick the Undertaker in this match, but be that as it may, we'll, we'll venture forward. We've got a couple of chair shots. Uh, on top of the cell, there's points when they were both up there that the cage almost gave out underneath them. Like, you can see all these zip ties that they had used to kind of connect all these cell pieces popping off like fucking popcorn as 500 pounds are, like, weighing down these squares. And then, um, then we've got the bit, of course, like, probably the most famous part of this match. Undertaker fires away, a couple punches at Mankind, uh, and then Mankind, while he's wobbly, gets thrown from the top of the cell to the floor through the announcer's table. And, and I mean, yeah, I, you'd be hard-pressed to think of too many more iconic moments in the history of wrestling. Well, it was, just, it was also, it was so quick. Like, it was, it, 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 there was no delay in this, like, you yeah. know, match. Like, that was, like, a bunch of bullshit. It was just, like, a lot of, like, immediately they got up there and he's he's off. Like, he, he just, he tossed him. And yeah. that, and there's, no, I mean, there's no way to, like, sort of think that. Like, that was a huge hit. Like. Yes. For sure. And, and. I mean, I, we talked about that. Not we haven't talked about this today, but I remember when I was kind of hyping up this match uh, last episode. So because of that bump that Mick Foley took, this is in that conversation of the most famous matches of all time. Uh, we, we Hulk versus Andre, the the very first match we ever watched. Montreal Screwjob, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. And this, those, those have to, in the modern era, those have to be the three most famous matches, for better or for worse, of all time. And it's well, be, be, in this match, because of that bump. So, like, like, one of the things that, like, I was, before, like, the, well, while they were both up there, like, I was like, that makes me really nervous. And I didn't think at the time, like, they were going to do anything, like, maybe they're going to fuck around, like, maybe, like, he throws him off and he catches himself on the side, you know, like, uh, or something like that. Like, or you right. kind of like, you know, whatever. Which like, they had but, done something like that in the first Hell in a Cell, actually, where Sean, he took yeah. a very similar bump, but he was hanging from the top and then came off. Right. He did not leap from the top of the fucking cell no, to the like, ground. I mean, that just like, I mean, it legitimized my concerns, but like, also like, I, I did not see that coming. Like, I yeah. did not see like, even if you like, maybe like, hung off a cell, then fell, like, that would be different than getting, like, tossed off the top of the shit into a fucking, even, nothing's gonna break your fall from that height, you know, like, nothing's gonna, like, you know, like, unless you hit the floor, but, like, I mean, Jesus, you know, like, (laughs) you hit a fucking table in the height, like, you're not gonna be feeling much better, like. For sure, yes, absolutely, and so, and so Mick did get a dislocated shoulder from that, I mean, it's a miracle that that's all that happened to him. Uh, from a that. real dislocated shoulder, like yeah, like okay, because like yeah, you're right, like it, <laughs> that that is a miracle because like that's something, and clearly he fought through. Yes, yes. Um, because if I dislocated my shoulder, I'd be 
I'd want to go to the hospital and like have some pain medication, like, <laughs> like well, if if you had seventeen thousand five hundred eighty-one people chant for you, Ryan, maybe it'd be a different story. Ooh, ooh, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. That adrenaline, it can, you know, it's like when you're at the driving range and you've got that audience of one. Magnify that by another seventeen thousand, and now yeah, you break your heels. You got fucking the whole fucking strip chanting for you. You know, <laughs> the hotel rooms. You know, like I get up on my feet. I I walk back. Yeah, you, know, and go, you could have been fine. Yeah. You could have been fine. But uh, so, yeah, so then we've got a little bit of a pause in the action. Undertaker's standing on top of the cell. I think you were like, is there a possibility of him jumping on top of mankind from there? Which that would have been sick. (laughs) I I don't know Undertaker would have survived that, if I'm being perfectly honest. Well, I mean, in fairness, like the other fuck, I mean, you know, mankind took that fall. Right. So, like, why can't the Undertaker take that fall right onto mankind's body? is so is perfectly built for s- impact. I don't know how how do you define that like <laughs> you want so he's described this himself so I'm not like talking shit about him. I'm just regurgitating his own verbiage. But basically, he's got a wide back, a wide flat ass. So he's just like all this surface area. You want as much surface area as possible to disperse the impact of any fall that you're taking. And so while he doesn't look great in a pair of Wrangler jeans, it does, <laughs> it does, it does help uh, yeah. for, for taking bumps like even, even in extreme cases like that. But, uh, but yes, so I think that his body helped him in that regard. Uh, hard to take a nice, evenly distributed fall from I mean, how long, how far of a fall was, would you say that was 15, 20 feet? Probably. Oh, I mean, like the you got two double. Di- I mean, it's, I would I would say it's like twenty feet. Like you got two like stacked up chain links. Like yeah. you know, like you got the bo- I, I would think it's twenty feet. Okay, and then also like you have the ring too. You fell below the ring. Yeah, yeah. So that's maybe true. at least twenty. At least probably. Yeah, I'll go with twenty. Twenty seems fair. Yeah. But uh, and then at this point in the match, you were really sure what was going to happen. Are they going to send out somebody else? Is mankind going to come yeah, back in? Yeah, that was done. <laughs> uh, they had to. Well, which is <laughs> completely reasonable. They lowered the the cell. Oh, and, they raised the cell. Or, first. Sorry, yes, I apologize. You're right. They raised the cell so they could make room for the stretcher. They start stretching mankind out. He Wait. gets. I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but why would they raise the cell to bring in the stretcher? This had nothing to do with the stretcher, right? Like the cell goes so so you know how the cell goes around the ring? Oh, it goes over the actual I, yeah. I was just encompassing the ring. So you, you so wouldn't were, be able to get okay, a stretcher so through. All right. There's no space between the guardrail that the fans got are it, at. Got it. Yeah. That so, answers my question because I didn't know why the fuck they raised the sound. Yeah, it's to make room for the. For you should have jumped off when they raised it to like 40 feet, you know? They should. Undertaker <laughs> should have done that. He should have waited for them to load mankind on the, on the stretcher. Yeah, and then when he's on yeah. the stretcher prone, strapped in, then yeah. jump 40 feet on top of him. That would have yeah, been. Hit a paramedic or two, too. You know? <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, you know, they're a dime a dozen. It's fine. They're party boys. But. Uh, <laughs> Mankind pulls himself off the stretcher, climbs back up to the top of Hell in a Cell. Undertaker meets him up there. They start going back and forth, like, very briefly. It's like maybe a 10, 15-minute exchange, 15-second yeah. exchange. Undertaker goozles Mankind, which is grabbing him by the throat. Choke slam, like, the worst choke slam, because one of Mankind's never, feet never left the ground. But if they had... He probably legitimately would have died uh, if he had gotten like as much height as you usually do, because then he would have landed on the back of his neck and been just fucking. You talking dead. about when they went back through? Yes. Yeah, so, so go oh, go ahead. Well, I mean, that's I, I brought it up during the match, but like, so that wasn't. It, it seemed to me like that was supposed to happen because like that was part of the match, but like you're saying that that was not supposed to happen. So supposedly, which like seems incredulous considering the weight involved in like what was happening, it seems incredulous that you would expect anything else to happen besides what happened. Right. But supposedly, the idea was he was going to get choke slammed. The cell was supposed to sag down, and he was still going to go through it, but it was going to sag. He was going to basically fall out that way, as opposed to 
getting choke slammed, the cell complete that whole panel breaking away instantaneously and him just violently crashing to the fucking mat. That is a nightmare scenario. Like God, if for and like that I mean like what we're talking like oh 10 15 feet at that point like you know like yeah yeah onto I mean like if especially if you're expecting that to sag and then drop through and just to go right through like that is so incredibly fucking dangerous like yes you know? and that and and we the, again not to keep harping on this but we talked about this during the match that WWF ring in this era fucking sucked it was the worst ring to wrestle in as far as taking bumps. It was hard as a goddamn rock, but very little give. But that's just talking about like getting slammed on that fucking mat. That's not talking about getting slammed from like 10, 15 feet above it and then like crashing right. through. Like, well, that and that made, and obviously that makes it worse. But <laughs> this is one. So I would say there were two major events that caused the WWF to change their rings. This Maybe is a little more springy, trampoliny, like some would say. I like. would, some uneducated people would say that, right? <laughs> but but yes, so they changed it to have more spring to them, so they have more give for bumps. The this Hell in a Cell match was one of them. Also, as luck would have it, uh, Vince McMahon beginning to wrestle also mm. <laughs> caused, caused this them. This is weird. Like I wouldn't think he'd want like anything. I think he'd want to be flung onto like a nice hard. Yeah, you'd think that. But yeah. apparently that's not what uh, what took place. And also to come back weird. to the so weird to, to come back to the bump through the cell, the steel chair that mankind had thrown up there also went through the cell, hit him in the mouth, busted his lip open to the point where he had like a gash in his lower lip. And it also knocked a tooth out. That tooth would remain lodged into his mustache for the remainder of the match. Eric, do you think these kind of guys like missionary sex? (laughs) (laughs) Rated number one. I mean, it's hard to imagine mankind sixty nine personally, but who knows? I don't. I don't know. These are the hard hitting questions that people need to be asking on on Twitter these days. But Taker seems like a missionary guy, old fashioned. Blue lives. Blue lives matter. But uh, we'll move. <laughs> we'll move on. Where the fuck did I leave off? You, you really threw me for a loop on that fucking question. A bit that can go unnoticed. So again, Undertaker has a fractured ankle. He didn't like gingerly climb down the side of the cell. He lowered himself in the middle, hung there, dropped down, and like the one instance that you can actually see that his foot ankle leg is hurt is when he drops he kind of like limps a little bit shakes it off immediately and is just like right back back to normal but that was also as someone who has dealt with those types of things before could appreciate again after the the fall through the cell terry funk jumps in he's like he's checking on on uh, mankind and he knows that he needs some time so he gets in undertaker's face Undertaker choke slams him out of his shoes, literally. Terry Funk's old man sneakers are then just sitting in the ring for the next minute or two of the match. This buys mankind enough time to read to reach his feet. He gets punched by the Undertaker through his trouble. Uh, eventually, Undertaker gets knocked off of the top rope. He crotches himself again, buying mankind a little bit more time. We've got some uh, maneuvers with the steel steps, which I know ordinarily not a big steel steps fan Ryan is. But again, we give it a pass in this match just on account of all the other tomfoolery happening. Yeah, I think a, so. A I foot. Think so. And then, let's see, i got to jump out to my notes. Right? <laughs> Apparently, I've just been going by memory. So uh, here we go. So there, there's the classic Mick Foley shot. So we talked a little bit about the chair busting his lip open. There's a point where the camera is right by him. He turns, he looks, and he's trying to stick his tongue through his lip to show, like, oh, like, I've got a hole in my lip now. It looks like he's smiling. You can't see his tongue. So it looks like after all this shit that he's gone through, he's having the fucking time of his life. Fucking badass motherfucker right there, dude. Even even just sticking your tongue through your lip to try to show, like, what the fuck is going on, like, Yes. Badass 
motherfucking dude like let me let me see if i can find the image of that i bet i can yeah here we go i i did that was one of the moments that i did see pretty vividly <laughs> uh, of the the smile yeah yeah a lot of blood but he looked like he was having time of his life here we go i just i just sent it to you oh there it is it just came through so yeah, yeah that's yeah, him that, trying that was to exactly it. that that image is exactly what was in the match. Like anytime, I, so like what they have in the WWF these days are these things, like these videos that will play when people are coming out. That is like the first shot of his yeah. video, even now to this day. Like there's nothing more iconic than, "Hey, I've just gotten my fucking ass kicked, but look, I'm smiling. I got a tooth in my nose. It's it's a great time." Love it, dude. Love it. Finally, uh, we've got like. There are many matches we've seen where a pile driver on top of a steel chair might be the highlight of the match. This may barely maybe cracks the top five. Yeah, yeah. And that was a but, great looking but, fucking pile driver too. But it was like that was a hit that I was like that ends matches, you know? Yes. Did you think that that was a possibility of ending the match? Yes. Okay. Yes. That was probably uh, the no, best. I thought that was the end of the match. <laughs> I did. I was like, okay, fuck yeah. Like, uh, all right. Yeah. I think he won his last, the last Mick Foley match, the Cactus Jack versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley ended with a pile driver through a table. So this is, you know, we've got uh, presidents here. But uh, yeah, in this case, barely top five, maybe top five. Undertaker, he's now bleeding, uh, which that was a blade job. That was not, you know, anything unintentional that happened or anything like that. But then Foley, and this... For me, for my just enjoyment of your experience watching the match, this might have been my favorite part. Foley rolls out of the ring, and I could tell, like, the classic Ryan response of, like, you got to get in there, you got to finish him out. And then you see him grab this bag. And, <laughs> and so I thought, I think you were at the time thinking, like, oh, this is just more wrestling stalling bullshit, like, just whatever. But then he comes back in with his bag, and like, didn't you think you said at first like sand? I thought it was a sandbag, and I thought it, what I thought I was going to do was like start throwing like sand in the eyes, like <laughs> like that's what I thought was going to happen. Like, Some Dale Gribble pocket sand from yeah, King of the Hill. Like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. can appreciate maybe that. a little co- maybe a big bag of cocaine, like just fucking sprinkle it in the eyes, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I, yeah, I, I didn't think it was you know what it ended up being. You know, like, I think it was fucking. Yeah. Which was Thumbtacks. Yeah. We've seen Thumbtacks once. We also, which, as a matter of fact, was the King of the Death match. We saw it in one of those little highlights that we watched, but we haven't seen a whole lot of Thumbtacks. Um, Thoughts on Thumbtacks, Ryan? Um, Yeah, I mean, it's a a bold move. And and you can see it was a bold move as the fact that he got more fucked up by it than anyone else. Yeah. That's uh that's somewhat of a staple in uh in Mick Foley matches is yeah. the introduction of thumbtacks by him and then that tends to go terribly wrong for him. It, it looked like it went terribly wrong, but you know, <laughs> respect to like doing it, you know, like you gotta. I also again, you can't help but fucking respect everything that goes into this fucking match but uh mankind gets undertaker in the mandible claw which is like a nerve hold where he puts his fingers in the guy's mouth undertaker powers out grabs mankind up he drops backwards onto the tax but as a viewer there is like a part of you that's like i really want to see somebody fall in those tax like you simultaneously oh, don't want to see yeah. it but you also kind of want to see it a lot yeah yeah, yeah. and like there is an element when Undertaker drops Mick Foley into the tax, where it's like he only got a little, a little bit of the tax. Bit. But he rolls as, into it. But then Mankind, <laughs> because he knows, like, oh, that wasn't yeah. as much tax as, as yeah. people would have wanted to. He rolls through it afterwards. So he's rolling in all these tax. And one thing that I've never caught in this match until just watching it with you right then, after he gets up after that, he says to the referee, Choke slam into the tax. And then the referee immediately goes over to Undertaker, relays the message. And so Undertaker goozles him. Th- and holy shit, what a fucking yeah. choke slam right into the center of the tax. Yeah. Fucking just splat onto however many hundreds of tax. Foley gets up, 
Tombstone, one, two, three, Undertaker wins. Yeah, Ryan's yeah. streak, unfortunately broken, but I, I mean, like, you can, I don't think Ryan's taking us super personally. I don't know how you could possibly be mad at a match like that, but what a fucking encounter. It was, if I'm going to lose a match, that's the kind of match that I want to fucking lose to, you know, like, like that, I had, I had my pick in mind, but like, that match had everything I, that's wrestling right there. That is fucking wrestling. That is, <laughs> I love it. I absolutely adored the fucking match. Uh, um, yeah, take, I'll take the L on that. I'll take the L. It happens uh, to the best of us. It but, happens to but the best yeah, of us. Really solid, really solid performance by both of them. Like, by both of them. Like, it's like, yeah, like, I did, you know, I didn't think the Undertaker was going to take it, but he also threw out some fucking really solid moves, you know. Like he yeah. he also played really fucking well. Like you can't hate on that. Like just because I, you know, it was just like, you know, I thought he was good. You know, I thought after all the shit that happened in the beginning, like, there was going to be some back wind to that. It wasn't. That's all right. Like sure, it, was, yeah. it was a good match. Following the rules of general wrestling theory, whoever's getting their ass kicked at the start will probably right. come back and win right. at the end. I understand. I understand. Okay. Wasn't meant to be in this case, but in like for the long term health of Mick Foley's career, him just taking that fucking ass oh, kicking was so much better champion. than if he had fucking had to be champion on that shit. Like, I yeah. mean, that that stood out to me more than like who won. Like, I mean, that guy took every beating in the book and still almost fucking maybe <laughs> took it. You know. For sure. So, yeah. Let's rank it, my friend. Let's rank it. Yeah, I don't. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm here. I don't see how this could not go in fucking amazing. Like. Yeah, I can't argue that this seems like a shoe in for that. I mean, if I put this into the new number four, is that bump? Mankind, Shawn Michaels, down number five in the in the ranking. Like, it's. I mean, it's up to you. But I mean. I think I think it just I, I don't know like I'm just thinking if it's there like it's, it can't be the last one I think it needs to be one up on the last one okay uh, but you know I love my like Japanese wrestling too like it's, you know, I don't it's wanna, true and I mean I don't, is there is there a reason why this isn't number one not saying that I think that I, it should. I I love I I still like I love ladder match love, love ladder matches like, you know. <laughs> I love uh, lamp, I, 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 I think love there's something match. about it that's just like I mean this one like it could it could hold its place in pretty much any of these rankings I just think <laughs> it needs to be in the category and not last um, I there was okay. some like yeah I, I, yeah I, I don't think it was number one in my opinion I don't think it was number one but I think it definitely belongs in the top five for okay. sure deal I will let me add it real yeah. quick all right, we've got our new fourth greatest match of all time, Mankind versus The Undertaker. Hell in a Cell. What a what a contest. If they were all if only they were all so uh intriguing from start to finish. Yeah, that's it. All right, new number 4. Really quick before we launch into Eric's Wisdom Tree. I mean, am I okay stating this for the record that our next episode Ryan is going to be an in-person episode? Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, just pick me up. We're committing to it. I, I, I'm i committing to a ride for Ryan. Ryan is committing. Next episode, episode 70, yeah, yep, is going to be yep. in person. So listen for that. Tell your friends. Tell everybody who's around. Ryan, I'm going to wrestle Ryan. I'm going to pinch his little nips. It's going to be a great there, time. Eric, I would just ask that there is some tequila, and I would also ask there's a little like basketball shooting in the garage. That's what I ask. I can make all this happen. You know, you know how right. many unopened bottles of tequila I have here? Too many. Maybe even some of that weed tequila. Oh fuck, man! <laughs> we'll sort it out. Yeah, like, I do. I on the table. I got a spare bedroom for the moment. What? You have a spare bedroom? Is it? Well, I mean, yeah, I've got a bed that you can stay the night in if you want. Can I just sleep on a couch? I mean, I don't know why you want a couch over a bed, but yes. That's fine. Actually, the bed might be fine too. I just, bed- I'm a couch. I'm a couch guy too. Like I, I can. We, you would have your own room, your own bed with heat. All right, I'll accept that. I'll accept that. All right, we're accepting that. We're, we're this is episode sixty nine, the episode of acceptance. So let's uh, let's <laughs> let's finish this out with a little segment that we always finish out our wrestle talk with Eric's wisdom tree. <laughs> Woo! Okay. 
I'm I'm having quite the conundrum. It's not that much of a conundrum, but it, it is. It's this permeating feeling in my brain, Ryan. I like. I've started becoming more of a chef here at the home. I'm doing a lot of the cooking around here. I'm trying to better myself as far as my abilities in the kitchen. Trying to diversify my recipe portfolio, etc. I am slowly creeping more and more towards the elimination of some meats. I don't know if this is going to happen in 2023 or 2024 or 2025, but some someday pescatarian Eric is going to be here. And the, Ooh, what a, go ahead. Uh, what about pesca pescatarian? Pardon? Pesca pescatarian. What is pesca pescatarian? It's Yummy fish that eat other fish. <laughs> Is this? Wait, hold on. Did you just make this up? <laughs> I'd like to say credit for it, but I can't. Okay. Um, is this from fucking Big Bang Theory or some shit? It no, this is, this is a classic from Silicon Valley. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. All right. I, I've seen bits and pieces of that. I, do salmon sure. eat other fish? Huh? Do salmon eat other fish? I think salmon's are pretty vicious predators. Then like. I could okay. Then deal. I, I could do a pesca pescatarian. Sure. Sometimes they eat their own. They eat their own eggs. Are you making this up? This sounds yeah. like just <laughs> bullshit, Ryan. Nature. That one was not from Silicon Valley. I did make that one myself. Like <laughs> that seems reasonable. The reason I'm saying this now, aside from your pesca pescatarian bit, did you know, Ryan, that cows love live music? Um, I didn't, I, I, but cows are beautiful, like fucking smart creatures, you know, Really, are. and I don't know why we fuck with them as much as we do. Like, I mean, they're, they're delicious to eat. I guess that's, yeah, the, but the you know, what's probably also delicious to eat a dog. <laughs> I mean, uh, we don't eat them, Eric, because they're, yay, they're smart pets, man, right? But like we eat cows who are also very smart. That's true. Because they live on a farm. Hold on. I like we don't I'm going to probably edit this down a little bit cuz we don't need to have like subject people to like us watching these things. I have just two things to show you. It's not going to make you feel good about eating beef or steak. Oh, but shit like So if cows during the winter time, they're like in a in a barn, right? And then when it's spring, they finally get out to grass. And they get a chance to like explore the outdoors again, but like the entire winter, they're they're indoors, right? Okay. So okay, so I'm sending you this YouTube link. But they're like they're like little puppies, they're right? Big big puppies, right? Yeah, I mean they're little like exactly like we could have cows as pets. Uh, very easily you could very very easily. I'm gonna send you one other video right now. This is a man serenading his cattle with his trombone. He's playing some Lord. You can see, like, the video goes on for a while, but, like, it's this herd of cows. You can even just kind of hover. Okay, they're coming down from the hill. I'm skipping through it, yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, they're surrounding him. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, man, like, like, I don't know where you're going with this, and I won't, like, intrude on your wisdom tree, but I'm also, like, totally down with the stop eating fucking meats thing. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it's just a matter of time. Once I find that, like, enough recipes where I can sort of, like... No, I... I uh, do you want to finish before I, like, jump in? Or no, I mean, I basically said my main piece. Yeah, no, I, I think that's... I, I, I agree. Like, I love fucking meat, man. Like, I love beef. I love grilling chickens and cows. And, like, I love it, dude, because it tastes really good. But that at the same time, like, I... Like, if... Like, I have... All right, you know, I used to have cats. <laughs> um, and, and if anyone ate those motherfuckers... If anyone fucked with my cats, like, in the littlest way, I would fucking want to fucking kill them like uh, like with a gun like like don't fuck with my cats don't fucking like if you like if you like some people fuck with cats and they like fuck with like like i've seen like they break their legs i would want to fucking kill you with a gun like you know you do that to my cats you that's it like and then you have these cows and like they're just out there grazing the land and you were just and i'm just like totally cool with like eating them man like i i get it 
I, I'm all for this like new farm like meat thing, like or like like uh, what's it what's it called? Oh, you're talking about like the impossible stuff and beyond yeah, beyond impossible meat, meat like um, yeah. You know, like I'm all I'm I'm 100 for it. Like I I yeah like. I, I just I don't like the fucking with animals part of like eating meat, which I guess is part of eating meat. But like you know, like I <laughs> sure. don't like that yeah. aspect of it. And there's this thing like it's like if you're gonna eat meat, then you should hunt it. But I don't want to kill an animal. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I'm the same. I'm the same way. Like for me, it's like if if I was in a situation where I had to kill the thing I was eating, like I would be fucked. Like there just wouldn't. I wouldn't have it in me to to do that, which then like leads to the question of like, well, is what is what you're doing morally right if if you can't like really come to terms with the uh, like what's actually happening to create this thing that that you're ingesting into your body? But you know, again, I, I'm not saying it's going to be this year or in the next year right, or two, right, right, right. but I really I'm starting to come around to that side of things and move in that direction it's all those, da- those damn puppy like cows i man you know i've been okay all right i really i really like this uh i really like this this eric's wisdom tree this is like the most touching one <laughs> that, we've, that we've had i mean um, to so, go along with yeah, the most touching like, match we've ever watched it's the most touching wisdom tree so it's only appropriate yeah yeah agreed um but you, you gotta like stop fucking with like animals. You know, eat eat some vegetables and you put some vegetables in your life. You know, like uh, there's some soy fucking shit that you can eat on the side. Whatever. Like, yeah, not too much because then it goes to your breasts. But you know, enough. Enough, just enough. Just yeah, enough. So just enough for everybody. Yeah. All right. Well, that about covers it. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. We'll be back Rumpus time on the 26th of January. So stay tuned for that. And guess what? That's going to be an in-person rumpus time between Ryan and myself. We'll also do an in-person match, which I've got quite the thing lined up, Ryan. I'm not going to say anything more, but I've got quite the thing lined up. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, that's about it. So if you are not hard, everybody get hard. Once you get hard, stay hard. That's all, folks. Eric, do you think these kind of guys like missionary sex? 